ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we began the book uh, of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala this book which explains the conditions of la ilaha illallah the conditions of la ilaha illallah and the evidences for those conditions and we have with us now the explanation of a Shaykh Ubaid al-Jabiri hafizahullah ta'ala and we were explaining the first of those principles the first of those conditions which as we mentioned was knowledge al-ilm bima'naha nafyan wa ithbatan knowledge regarding the meaning of la ilaha illallah in terms of the affirmation and the negation that we spoke about last time so within that there were certain things that were mentioned within this knowledge and from amongst those we had reached the third aspect which was al-ilm Having the knowledge The third aspect of this knowledge that is required regarding the La ilaha illallah is the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He is the one and the single and the unique uh, uh, one who provides the blessings, whether they are open and apparent, or whether they are hidden, the open and apparent blessings, and those other blessings that may be hidden are not apparent. Then all of these blessings, whether they are worldly things, or they are religious affairs, whether they are blessings within your religious affairs, or they are blessings within the worldly affairs, then all of these types of blessings, whatever they might be, then they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And a person when he recognizes that, he has knowledge of that. He has knowledge that all of these blessings, they have come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He is the one who provides them. Then that causes a person's heart to become attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it causes a person's heart to have love for his Creator. And it causes that person to wish to worship and to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who recognizes all of these great number of blessings that Allah has placed upon him. Regarding that, we'll mention the narration of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, this hadith, uh, which speaks about these blessings. It's a hadith that speaks about the blessings of Allah upon his creation. And how Allah tests the people with those blessings. We know that the number of blessings are great. Allah As Allah said in the Quran, if you were to try to count the number of blessings upon you, then you would not be able to do so. You would not be able to enumerate or count the number of blessings Allah has placed upon you. So regarding that, there is a narration of Abu Huraira. أَنَّهُ سَمِعَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم يقول, that he heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, إِنَّ ثَلَاثَةً مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ أَبْرَصَ وَأَقْرَعَ وَأَعْمَى That there were three individuals. 
from Bani Israel. There were three individuals. One of them was a leper. He had leprosy, meaning a skin condition. He had a skin condition. He had an illness over his skin. وَأَقْرَعْ An individual who had some type of problem with the hair on his head. So he became bold and the hair on his head was lost. And that was a type of appearance which did not look good when this illness occurred to his head. And similarly, Ama, an individual who was blind. So there were these three individuals. The leper, the bold man, and the blind man. فَأَرَادَ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَبْتَلِيَهُمْ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desired or wished to test them. فَبَعَثَ إِلَيْهِمْ مَلَكًا So Allah sent to them an angel. Allah decided to test these three individuals. So He sent to them an angel. فَأَتَ الْأَبْرَصَ So the angel came to the individual who had the leprosy. The individual who had the skin condition. And he said to that individual, he said to him, أَيُّ شَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ What is the most beloved thing to you? He came to this person who had the skin condition everywhere. And his skin looked bad because of this illness all over his skin. This leper, leprosy. So the angel came to him. And he said to him, what's the most beloved thing to you? قال, he said, لَوْنٌ حَسَنٌ وَجِلْدٌ حَسَنٌ وَيُذْهَبُ عَنِّي أَلَّذِي قَذَرْنِي النَّاسُ بِهِ He said, I would like to have a beautiful color and beautiful skin. Because remember, now his skin and his color was deformed. His skin and his color was deformed because of the leprosy. So when the angel said to him, what's the most beloved thing to you that you'd like to have? He said, I'd like to have beautiful color, beautiful skin for this leprosy to go away. And that this disease which has overcome me should disappear because indeed that was something that the people, they used to despise him or they used to find disgusting from this individual, this leprosy that he had. So he wanted that to go away. قال, then the narrator says, فَمَسَحَهُ فَذَهَبَ عَنْهُ قَذَرَةً That the angel wiped that individual, the one with the leprosy. The angel wiped him and that leprosy, it went away. The leprosy went away and he was given the beautiful skin. فَأُعْطِيَ لَوْنًا حَسَنًا وَجِلْدًا حَسَنًا So he was given a beautiful color and a beautiful skin. The disease, the leprosy was gone after the angel wiped him by the permission of Allah. قال فَإِيُّ الْمَالِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ Then the angel says to this man, What is the most beloved wealth you would like? What is the most beloved wealth that you would like? قال الْإِبِلْ أَوِ الْبَقَرِ He said, I would like camels or cows. The narrator doubted which one it was. But in any case, it was either camels or cows. فَأُعْطِيَ نَاقَةً عُشْرًا so that individual was given a pregnant camel. The individual was given a pregnant camel. And the angel said to him, Barakallahu laka fiha. May Allah bless you in this camel. He was given this camel that was pregnant. And he was said, May Allah bless you in this camel. Then after that, قَالْ فَأَتَ الْأَقْرَعَ 
the angel came to the individual who had the condition on his head. And he said to him, أَيُّ شَيْءِنَا حَبُّ إِلَيْكَ What is the most beloved thing to you? So the individual said, شَعْرٌ حَسَنٌ He said, the most beloved thing to me is to have beautiful hair. To have beautiful hair. وَيُذْهَبُ عَنِّي أَلَّذِي قَدْ قَذَرَنِي النَّاسُ بِهِ And that this disease on my head that the people find disgusting should go away. That was his request. فَمَسَحَهُ فَذَهَبَ عَنْهُ So the angel wiped him similarly, and that disease it went away, فَأُعْطِيَ شَعْرًا حَسَنًا And he was given beautiful hair. So he was given that which he required. فَقَالْ أَيُّ الْمَالِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ Then the angel said to him, What is the most beloved wealth to you? What is the most beloved wealth you would like to have? And the individual said, قَالْ الْبَقَرْ أَوِ الْإِبْلِ he said cows or camels, again there was doubt from the narrator. But then he says, فَأُعْطِيَ بَقَرَةً حَامِلًا He was given a pregnant cow. And the angel said, بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِيهَا May Allah put blessing into this cow for you. May Allah place blessing into this cow you've been given. So that was the second individual. He was given the beautiful skin on his head, and he was given the pregnant cow. And then the angel said, may Allah put blessings into that uh, cow and what you've been given. فَأَتَ الْأَعْمَى Then after that, the angel came to the third individual, the blind man. فَقَالْ أَيُّ شَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ And the angel said to him, what's the most beloved thing to you? What would you like to have? قَالْ أَنْ يَرُدَّ اللَّهُ إِلَيَّ بَصَرِي فَأُبْصِرُ بِهِ النَّاسِ He said, I would desire that Allah returns to me my eyesight so that I can view the people, I can see the people. That Allah returns to me my eyesight, so I can see the people. فَمَسَحَهُ فَرَدَّ اللَّهُ إِلَيْهِ بَصَرًا So the angel wiped him, and in reality, his eyesight was returned. He was able to see. قال, then the angel said to him, أَيُّ الْمَالِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ What is the most beloved wealth to you? What is the most beloved wealth you would like to have? قال الغنم He said sheep فَأُعْطِيَ شَاتًا وَالِدًا So he was given a uh, pregnant sheep. He was given a pregnant sheep. فَأَنْتَجَ هَذَانِ وَوَلَّدَ هَذَا So the animals, all of them, had offspring. So the camel ended up having offspring. Gave birth, and then they gave birth, and there was more and more and more. And the cow, the same thing. The second one who was given the cow, that had offspring. And then there became lots of cows. And the third one, the sheep, also had offspring, and he ended up with lots of sheep. So they started off with just one, but in the end, because all of those animals had offspring, they ended up with many. With many, and in fact the narration mentions they ended up with valleys full. The first one, فَكَانَ لِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْإِبَلِ The first individual ended up with a valley full of camels from that camel. وَلِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْبَقَرِ And the second one ended up with a valley full of cows, even though he only had one to start off with. وَلِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْغَنَمِ And the third individual ended up with a valley full of sheep. قال, then the narrator says, 
ثم إنه أتى الأبرص في سورته وهيئته Then the angel later came back to the first one The one who used to be the leper He used to have the leprosy, the skin condition He went to him again afterwards But this time when the angel went to him The angel changed his appearance, his own appearance And the angel made himself look like what that man used to look like So the angel made his own appearance like that And he went to him ثُمَّ إِنَّهُ أَتَى الْأَبْرَصَ فِي سُورَتِهِ وَهَيْأَتِهِ فَقَالْ And he said to him رَجْلٌ مِسْكِينَ قَدْ انْقَطَعَتْ بِيَ الْحِبَالِ فِي سَفَرِي فَلَا بَلَاغَ لِيَ الْيَوْمِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِكَ أَسْأَلُكَ بِالَّذِي أَعْطَاكَ اللَّوْنَ الْحَسَنِ وَالْجِلْدَ الْحَسَنِ وَالْمَالِ بَعِيرًا أَتَبَلَّغُ بِهِ فِي سَفَرِي So the individual came in this appearance and he said to him, or the angel came in this appearance and said to that man, and obviously the man couldn't recognize who this angel is now. He didn't know that this is the initial, the original angel who had come and given him the blessings by the permission of Allah. So this angel in this new appearance said to him, I'm a poor man, I've lost all of my uh, belongings, uh, my riding animals, my provisions, and I'm on a journey, I can't get back to my family. I'm lost, uh, or I'm far away from my family, uh, all of my provisions have been cut off. So I ask you, by Allah, the one who gave you this beautiful skin, and gave you all of this wealth, that I ask you by Allah, allow me to have one camel. Remember, he has now a valley full of camels by this time. He says, allow me to have just one. Allow me to take one camel so I can get on with my journey and get back to my people. So what did the individual say? فَقَالَ الْحُقُوقُ kathira. He said, the rights upon me are many. He says, I have so many rights and responsibilities upon me. Meaning, I can't give you anything, not even one camel. I can't, I have too many rights and responsibilities upon me. So then the angel said to him, obviously in this other appearance, He said, it's as if I know you, I know you. أَلَمْ تَكُنْ أَبْرَسَ يَقْذَرُكَ النَّاسُ فَقِيرًا فَأَعْطَاكَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ الْمَالِ He said, weren't you that leper? That you had this leprosy and the people used to find you disgusting because of it. And they did not give you any worth. And then Allah gave you all of this wealth and everything. So then what did that man reply? He said, إِنَّمَا وَرَّثْتُ هَذَا الْمَالِ وَرَّثْتُ هَذَا الْمَالِ كَابِرًا عَنْ كَابِرًا He said, no, this wealth, all of these camels, I inherited them. These are my inheritance I got. This was my inheritance from my forefathers. فَقَالَ So the angel said to him, إِن كُنْتَ كَاذِبًا فَصَيَّرَكَ اللَّهُ إِلَى مَا كُنْتَ If you're lying, then may Allah return you to what you used to be like. If you're lying, then may Allah make you what you used to be like. Then after that, the angel left. وَأَتَى الْأَقْرَعَ فِي صُورَتِهِ Then he came to the second individual who had the condition on his head, which had obviously gone now. He had the beautiful hair and he had a valley full of wealth, a valley full of cows. The angel came to him in his original appearance. And he said to him, the same as he said to the first person, that I'm on this journey, I've lost all of my uh, traveling equipment, and I need one cow. Allow me to take one cow so I can use it 
to ride, etc., to help me to get back to my people. So again, the individual said, the rights and responsibilities are too many. I can't give you even one cow. The rights and responsibilities upon me are too many. And then again he said, this is my inheritance I've got. Of course they were lying. This wasn't inheritance. This was the blessing of Allah they'd been given. The angel had come to them prior to this and said to them, what's the most beloved wealth? And they'd been given that. This wasn't inheritance. But they now began to say, no, the rights and responsibilities are too much. This is my inheritance. I can't give you any of it. So they wouldn't do it the first two. So the angel said to the second one as well, if you're lying, then may Allah return you and make you as you used to be. Then, the angel came to the third individual, the blind individual. And he came to him in the appearance that he was originally. And he said the same to him, I'm upon this journey, I've lost all of my means, uh, I've lost all of my provisions, so can I take one sheep from all of these sheep that you have? Allah has given you your eyesight back, He's given you all this wealth, can I take one sheep? So that individual, he said, قَدْ كُنْتُ أَعْمَى فَرَدَّ اللَّهُ إِلَيَّ بَسَرِي He said, I used to be blind. I used to be blind. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He returned my eyesight to me. فَخُذْ مَا شِئْتَ وَدَعْ مَا شِئْتَ Then, take whatever you wish. خُذْ مَا شِئْتَ and leave whatever you wish. So this third individual, he didn't come with any type of speech, this is my inheritance, I've got too many responsibilities. He said it straight out. He accepted and he acknowledged the blessing of Allah. He said, yes, I used to be blind. I used to be blind, I got this blessing from Allah, I used to be poor, I got this blessing of all of these sheep, a valley full of sheep. So he says, Take whatever you want and leave whatever you want. Do as you please. فَوَاللَّهِ لَا أَجْهَدُكَ الْيَوْمَ بِشَيْءٍ أَخَذْتُهُ لِلَّهِ I am not going to prevent you from anything I have taken from Allah. This is what Allah gave to me, these are the blessings of Allah, so take as you please. So then the angel said to him, he said, أَمْسِكْ مَا لَكَ Angel said to him, keep everything, keep it. Keep all of your wealth. فَإِنَّمَا بْتُلِيتُمْ because indeed you were all tested, you and the other two. فَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْكَ وَسَخِطَ عَلَى صَحِبَيْكَ And indeed after this test, Allah is pleased with you, and He has become displeased with the other two. That is the story regarding these blessings that were given to these three individuals, and how they reacted to those blessings that they were given from Allah. The first two, rejected those blessings. They refused to accept and acknowledge these blessings because they refused to attribute them to Allah. Instead, they began to say, this is my inheritance, this is my forefathers, they gave it to me, I have too many responsibilities, I can't give you any, etc, etc. As for the third one, he acknowledged, this is all blessing from Allah. And therefore the angel said, Allah is pleased with you, but he is displeased with the other two. And that is a hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim. Which shows that an individual is required to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessings that he has. An individual is required to demonstrate his gratitude to Allah for the blessings that have been provided to him. 
And there are a great number of blessings. And all of those are to be attributed to Allah and Allah is to be thanked for them. And they are to be used in the obedience of Allah. For when an individual uses a blessing Allah has given him to disobey Allah with, then that's as if the individual is not thanking Allah for the blessing. How can you be thanking Allah for the blessing if you're going to use it to disobey Allah with? So the blessings you've been given, one of the ways to thank Allah is to use them in the obedience of Allah. So that is the third aspect which is mentioned regarding the knowledge. Knowledge that all of these blessings, they come from Allah. That Allah is the one, the single, the unique who provides all of these blessings. That is from the rububiyyah of Allah. And it is no other individual who has the ability to provide you with these blessings. Al-Rabi'ah, the fourth aspect of this knowledge. مَا نَرَاهُ وَنَسْمَعُهُ مِنَ الثَّوَابِ لِأَوْلِيَائِهِ الْقَائِمِينَ بِتَوْحِيدِهِ مِنَ النَّصْرِ وَالنَّعْمِ الْعَاجِلَةِ وَمِنْ عُقُوبَتِهِ لِأَعْدَاهِ الْمُشْرِكِينَ بِهِ فَإِنَّ هَذَا دَاعٍ إِلَى الْعِلْمِ بِأَنَّهُ تَعَالَى وَحْدَهُ الْمُسْتَحِقُّ لِلْعِبَادَةِ كُلِّهَا The fourth aspect of knowledge is that a person, the Shaykh mentions, that which we see from the reward that Allah gives to His friends, meaning those people who are the obedient ones to Allah, they are upon his tawheed, they are upon his worship, the victory that Allah gives to those people. This is something that we see, the shaykh says, you see the blessings that Allah has placed upon them, and the victory that Allah has given to them. Those individuals who are upon, sticking to the Quran and the sunnah upon that tawheed, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon that tawheed, you see the blessings that Allah gives to them. And in opposition, you see the punishment that Allah placed upon the enemies, those mushrikeen, the enemies of the religion, the enemies of Tawheed. That is something that we are aware of and we have heard about from the stories of the nations that went by before us. So from having knowledge of those affairs, how Allah dealt with those individuals who opposed Him. And previously we did the tafsir of Surah Al-Feel. أَلَمْ تَرَى كَيْفَ فَعْلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ have you not seen how Allah dealt with the people of the elephant? When the birds were sent with the stones and they were pierced in their bodies, to the extent it's mentioned in some of the narrations, that their leader, his heart fell out of his chest from the number of piercings the stones made. That is how Allah dealt with those people who attempted to destroy the Kaaba. So the Shaykh says, we hear and we know about the reward and the victory and the success that the people of Tawheed have. And the, this, uh, the, the, the degradation and the loss and the punishment that the people who oppose that have. And if we know all of that, فَإِنَّ هَذَا دَاعٍ إِلَى الْعِلْمِ Then all of that is something that calls you to this knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He alone is the one who deserves to be worshipped. Remember this first aspect is all about having knowledge. So having knowledge of those types of things, that Allah is the one who punishes the people and those who obeyed, disobeyed Him, and those who opposed Him. And Allah uh, raised and gave success to those who defended the religion. Then all of that causes you to have knowledge of Allah's rububiyyah, of Allah's oneness, of Allah's might, of Allah's majesty. This is all knowledge of the tawheed of Allah. That the tawheed of Allah brings about success and victory. And on the opposition of that brings about loss. Also, the fifth affair. مَعْرِفَةُ أَوْصَافِ الْأَوْثَانِ وَالْأَنْدَادِ أَلَّتِي عُبِدَتْ مَعَ اللَّهِ وَاتُّخِذَتْ آلِهَا 
وأنها ناقصة من جميع الوجوه فقيرة بالذات لا تملك لنفسها ولا لعابدها نفعا ولا ضرا ولا موتا ولا حياة ولا نشورا ولا ينصرون من عبدهم ولا ينفعونهم بمثقال ذرة من جلب خير من جلب خير أو دفع شر فإن العلم بذلك يوجب العلم بأنه لا إله إلا الله وبطلان إلهية ما سوى وبطلان إلهية ما إلهية ما سوى The fifth affair is with regards to the knowledge aspect of لا إله إلا الله is that if you have knowledge of those other deities that the mushrikeen used to worship. You have knowledge of those other deities and partners that the mushrikeen had made to Allah, and you recognize how weak and feeble those other deities were. To the extent it's mentioned in various ayat of the Qur'an that even if a fly was to come and take something away from them, they would not be able to retrieve it. And in some narrations it's mentioned about the mushrikeen. That when they would go out on a journey, they would want to take one of their deities with them. So sometimes they would gather dates, and they would mold a shape of some type of statue to be their god. And they would make a god out of the dates, by molding them together, and they would take it with them on the journey. This is our god for the journey, they would say. Then on the journey, if they got hungry and they ran out of food, it's mentioned in the narrations, they would start eating some of the dates. Sneak a few dates from the side, from here, from there, and start eating them. So this shows to you the absolute nonsense of their deities. The absolute fallacy of their deities. The incorrectness of their deities. And in some of the narrations, the scholars, they mention that on one occasion something came and urinated on one of their deities. All of these types of narrations are mentioned. So their deities are urinated upon. They are ate by their own worshippers. Their deities are not able to provide anything. They are weak, they are feeble. They do not provide any harm. They do not take away or they do, they do not take away any harm. They do not provide any good. They cannot give life or death or resurrection. They cannot aid and give success or victory. They cannot do anything. As Shaykh Ubaid Hafidahullah says, They cannot help them even to an atom's weight. Nothing. They are not able to do anything. So when a person recognizes that, he recognizes all of these other deities are absolute falsehood, then that causes him to have knowledge to a greater degree, or an understanding that it is truly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who deserves this worship alone. It is truly only Allah who deserves this worship alone. None of these other deities, for indeed all of the other deities, if you recognize what they were, that they were useless and feeble. They were not able to do anything. Then you recognize it is only Allah that deserves the worship, and that is part of the knowledge from the La ilaha illallah. Um, the sixth affair. Ittifaqu kutubillahi ala dhalika wa tawatu'uha The sixth affair is the consensus or the agreement, you could say, of all of the books. From Allah upon that affair. Upon the affair of La ilaha illallah. So all of the previous revelations, then they were revelations of Tawheed. Like we already mentioned, all of the previous prophets and messengers, they came with the message of Tawheed. 
وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنْ يَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ وَاشْتَنِي بِالطَّاغُوتِ We sent to every nation a messenger preaching Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon tawheed And stay away from the false deities So all of the books that were revealed by Allah The revelation, all of them agreed upon this fact Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That is also knowledge of la ilaha illallah Knowledge that this is an affair Which is consistent throughout the ages this is something consistent from the creation of Adam salam. All of them from the beginning to the end, they were calling to the Tawheed, the Prophets. All of them they were calling to the message of Tawheed والسلام, The seventh affair, أَنَّ خَوَاصَ الْخَلْقَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ أَكْمَلُ الْخَلِيقَ أَخْلَاقًا وَعُقُولًا وَرَأْيًا وَصَوَابًا وَعِلْمًا وَهُمَ الرُّسُلُ وَالْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَالْعُلَمَاءُ الرَّبَّانِيُّونَ قَدْ شَهِدُوا لِلَّهِ بِذَلِكَ The seventh affair with regards to the knowledge of this La ilaha illallah is that the, the best of creation, the, the pinnacle of creation, which is the prophets and the messengers, the most perfect of the creation, the prophets and the messengers, the best of them in intellect, the best of the people in their opinions, the most correct of the people in all of the affairs. Those prophets and messengers, as well as the great scholars who came after, those specific individuals, those best of individuals, the best of creation, all of them are agreed upon the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of the prophets and messengers agreed upon it, and all of the great scholars of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah the scholars of the intellect, of the opinion, of the correctness upon this methodology, they are all agreed upon this La ilaha illallah, this tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nobody opposed them in that other than those deviants and misguided individuals. الثامن ما أقامه الله من الأدلة الأفقية والنفسية التي تدل على التوحيد أعظم دلالة وَتُنَادِ عَلَيْهِ بِلِسَانِ حَالِهَا بِمَا أَوْدَعَهَا مِنْ لُطْفِ صُنْعَتِهِ وَبَدِيعِ حِكْمَتِهِ وَغَرَائِبِ خَلْقِهِ فَهَذِهِ الطُّرُقُ الَّتِي أَكْفَرَ اللَّهُ مِنْ دَعْوَةِ الْخَلْقِ بِهَا إِلَى أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَأَبْدَاهَا فِي كِتَابِهِ وَأَعَادَهَا عِنْدَ تَأَمُّلِ الْعَبْدِ فِي بَعْضِهَا لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونَ عِنْدَهُ يَقِينٌ عِنْ بِذَلِكَ فَكَيْفَ إِذَا اجْتَمَعَتْ وَتَوَاطَأَتْ وَاتَّفَقَتْ وَقَامَتْ أَدِلَّةُ لِلتَّوْحِيدِ من كل جانب فهناك يرسخ الإيمان والعلم بذلك في قلب العبد بحيث يكون كالجبال الرواسي لا تزلزله الشبه والخيالات ولا يزداد على تكرر الباطل وشبه إلا نموا وكمالا The eighth affair with regards to having knowledge of la ilaha illallah of the tawheed of Allah the Shaykh says Shaykh Ubaid حفظه الله that it is all of these great evidences that Allah has placed all of these signs that Allah has placed within creation, within the person, within what he sees, all of these great signs that Allah has placed in the various aspects of the creation, the sun and the moon, and how they, not, how they do not overlap each other, but rather they have certain specific times of how they work amongst each other, the creation of the earth, the heavens, all of these great signs that Allah has placed, all of these great signs that Allah has made and created, then from them an individual recognizes the reality of La ilaha illallah. 
An individual recognizes the reality of the Creator and that no other individual is able to do any of that. That is one of the greatest signs and one of the greatest ways to recognize the oneness of Allah through His signs, through the ayat, through the creation of the sun, the moon, the heavens, the earth, to the creation of the smallest of the items, the smallest of the insects that you can barely see. All of that from the great creation of Allah, then it causes an individual to understand the oneness of Allah and the tawheed of Allah and to have knowledge that this meaning of La ilaha illallah is that Allah is the one truly deserving of worship and that there is no other deity deserving of that worship whatsoever. And when an individual recognizes that from seeing all of these signs in creation, then he makes his iman firm in his heart. Makes his iman firm in his heart. And then when the doubts they come, when the doubts they come upon that person, when the uh, false speech comes to that person, the misguidance comes to that person, the shaitan attempts to whisper to that person, because this person has recognized the oneness of Allah and the tawheed of Allah, via various evidences of tawheed, including the physical signs, then that person has had the iman firm in his heart. The iman has become firm and these doubts and whispers will not be able to affect that individual. هذا وإن نظرت إلى الدليل العظيم والأمر الكبير وهو تدبر هذا القرآن العظيم وتأمل في آياته فإنه الباب الأعظم إلى العلم بالتوحيد ويحصل به من تفاصيله وجمله ما لا يحصل في غيره. Similarly, uh, the individual, if he was to look carefully with regards to this affair, then he would recognize that the greatest evidence upon the Tawheed of Allah is the Qur'an itself. That if a person was to go through the Qur'an, to ponder over the ayat of the Qur'an, to recognize what they are, then that person from looking at those ayat of the Qur'an would recognize the oneness of Allah. And that is why some of the scholars said the whole of the Qur'an is about the Tawheed of Allah. Every ayah of the Qur'an, you will find something about the Tawheed of Allah. And that is the end of the speech of Al-Imam Sa'di. In fact, all of that, all of those points, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all and 8, all of those points were from the speech of Al-Imam Abdurrahman Al-Sa'di, rahimahullah ta'ala. Not Sheikh Ubaid. Sheikh Ubaid was quoting from Al-Allama Al-Sa'di for those 8 points of knowledge. So, ma tufiduhu al-ayah. What does this ayah benefit us? The ayah regarding فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكَ Have knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one deserving of worship in truth and then seek forgiveness. The first of those وُجُوبُ الْعِلْمِ بِمَعْنَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ نَفْيًا وَإِثْبَاتًا وَقَدْ ذَكَرَ الشَّيْخُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ الطُرُقَ الْمُوسِلَ إِلَى هَذَا الْعِلْ Firstly, when Allah said, فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Have knowledge that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. Then the first point to benefit from that is clearly that you need to have knowledge, you need to have understanding, you need to gain and study and obtain this knowledge of the meaning of لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. And these eight points are the ways in which you can gain that knowledge of لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ they are the means to understanding the La ilaha illallah. So that is something that is obligatory upon us. Something that we must do. فَعَلَمْ Have knowledge 
that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So that knowledge is required by us all. Secondly, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكْ And seek forgiveness for your sins, Allah says. فِي أَمْرِهِ سَأَسَلَّمْ بِالْإِسْتِغْفَارِ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ شَمُولْ لِلْعَسَاتِ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And then it is said to the Prophet ﷺ, seek forgiveness for the believers, the male and the female. For their sins, they are included, the sinners. Seek forgiveness for them. قال الإمام أحمد إمام أحمد said ومن مات من أهل القبلة موحدا يصلى عليه ويستغفر له that a person who dies الإمام أحمد said a person who dies who is from the people of the qibla he is from the people of the qibla the كعبة i.e. he is Muslim he dies upon Muslim موحدا upon توحيد then that person is to be prayed upon and forgiveness is sought for him ولا يحجب عنه الاستغفار and you do not prevent yourself from seeking forgiveness for him. An individual who dies upon tawheed. He dies upon that state of tawheed. وَلَا تُتْرَكُوا الصَّلَاءَ عَلَيْهِ لِذَنْبٍ أَذْنَبَهُ And you don't abandon the janazah prayer upon him because of some sins he might have committed. Even if he was a sinner, if he's from the people of tawheed, he is to be prayed upon and sought forgiveness for. Even if he had committed some sins, صَغِيرًا كَانَ أَوْ كَبِيرًا Whether they were small or large, whether they were minor or major, أَمَرَهُ اللَّهُ أَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى His sins, that affair is with Allah. But the person, if he died upon tawheed as a muwahid, then he is to be prayed upon and the forgiveness is sought for him. قُلْتُ هَذَا هُوَ مَا أَجْمَعَ عَلَيْهِ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ فِي مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَى كَبِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ As-Shaykh says, this is what the people of knowledge have agreed upon. That a person, even if he dies upon a major sin, as long as he is from the people of Tawheed, then you pray upon him. ثالثاً إحاطة علم الله بأعمال العباد ومجازاتهم عليها. Also, we understand from these ayats that we previously quoted that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, His knowledge encompasses everything. Allah's knowledge encompasses everything, and He is the one who will hold the recompense the reward or the punishment for the people. And that is from the ayah, إِلَّا مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ Except for those who testify to the truth and they know. Regarding this, Ibn Kathir mentions, هَذَا اسْتِثْنَاء مُنْقَطِعْ اَيْ لَكِنْ مَعَمْ لَكِنْ مَنْ شَهِدَ بِالْحَقِّ عَلَى بَصِيرَ وَعِلْمْ فَإِنَّهُ تَنْفَعُ شَفَاعَتُ عِنْدَهُ بِإِذْنِهِ لَهُ That the person who testifies to the truth upon knowledge and insight. A person who testifies to the La ilaha illallah upon knowledge and insight, then that is an individual who will benefit from the intercession of the Prophet ﷺ. So again we understand this knowledge and insight is required. It's not just a statement you just say, La ilaha illallah. It is something that you require to know its meaning. Then, La ilaha illallah. This is what Shaykh Abd al-Rahman al-Sa'adi rahimahullah says about it. Ay nataqa bilisanihi. That a person says it with his tongue. He says la ilaha illallah with his tongue. Muqirran biqalbihi. Acknowledging that and affirming that in his heart. Ilman bima shahida bihi. Having knowledge of what he is testifying to. Says it with his tongue. Affirms it in his heart. Has knowledge of what he is saying. وَيُشْتَرَطُ أَن تَكُونَ شَهَادَتُهُ بِالْحَقِّ 
And there is the condition that his testification must be the testification to the truth, the tawheed. He testifies to the tawheed of Allah upon the oneness of Allah and the messengers that Allah sent to the prophethood and the messengership, that they are true and they are revelation from Allah. And all of that which the prophets and the messengers they came with in terms of legislation and the rulings. That a person says the La ilaha illallah, he acknowledges in his heart and he has knowledge of all of that. And he has affirmation of the truthfulness of the revelation. All of that is required. Then there was the hadith. There was the hadith that was mentioned. مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ Whoever dies and he knows, he has knowledge of La ilaha illallah, he will enter paradise. That hadith in Sahih Muslim. Al-Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala said regarding this hadith, he made a chapter in Kitabul iman in the chapter of Iman, بَابُ الدَّلِيلِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ مَاتَ عَلَىٰ تَوْحِيدِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ قَطْعًا There's a chapter where he said, the chapter regarding the evidence that somebody who dies upon tawheed will definitely enter paradise. Somebody who dies upon tawheed will definitely enter paradise. Whether that's initially straight away or after being punished for his sins and then in the end, the point is eventually from the beginning or from the end, that person will be in paradise. A person who dies upon tawheed. The shaykh says, اتَّفَقَ صِحَّةُ اسْتِشْهَادَ الْمُصَنِّفِ وَاسْتِنْبَاطَ النَّوَوِي مِنْ لَفْضِ الْحَدِيثِ وَفِي مَعْنَاهُ أَحَادِيثِ كَثِيرًا So he says that the evidence that the author, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, and the derivation that Al-Imam al-Nawawi made, they are both in agreement. Meaning both of them wanted to make the point that a person who dies upon tawheed, then that person is eventually going to be in paradise. Even if initially he gets punished for his sins, eventually the Muwahideen, the people of Tawheed, will go to paradise. And some of them maybe will go straight away to paradise. And others maybe they will be punished first. And there are many ahadith with this meaning. And Shaykh says there are other ahadith that prove this too. So for example, there is the hadith narrated by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the hadith of Ubadat ibn Samit, رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من شهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله وأن عيسى عبد الله ورسوله وكلمته ألقاها إلى مريم وروح منه والجنة حق والجنة حق والنار حق وأدخله الله الجنة على ما كان من العمل that whoever testifies whoever testifies to لا إله إلا الله and that Allah is alone in one in His worship, deserving of that worship and nobody else is, and that Muhammad is the slave of Allah and His Messenger, and that Isa is the slave of Allah and His Messenger, and He is the word that Allah cast upon Maryam, kun fayakun, be and it is. So Allah made Isa in that way without a father, waruhun minhu, and that is one of the souls that Allah created and placed into Isa and you believe that the paradise is reality and it exists right now, and that hellfire is reality and it exists, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enter that person into paradise on whatever level he is. Allah will enter that person into paradise on whatever level he is. Also the hadith that Muslim narrated from Jabir radiallahu anhu, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, 
Man laqiya Allah la yushriku bihi shay'a dakhala al-jannah. Whoever meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not committing any shirk, then he will enter paradise. He's a person of tawheed. Wa man laqiyahu yushriku bihi shay'a dakhala al-nar. And whoever meets Allah committing some type of shirk, then he will enter the hellfire. He will enter the hellfire. So all of these hadith, they indicate to you the promise for the person who is upon tawheed and dies upon tawheed to enter paradise. Even if it means originally he may be punished for some sins, eventually the people of tawheed will all enter paradise. Also it indicates that a person who commits a major sin does not go outside of the fold of iman and that is the belief of al-sunnah wal-jama'ah that a person who commits a major sin is a fasiq. He is a fasiq, but he is still a mu'min. You do not say he is outside of the fold of Islam. And that's what these ahadith indicate, that a person, even if he committed a major sin, as long as he died upon tawheed, then eventually that person will enter paradise. And that is a refutation of the khawarij and those individuals who claim that an individual, if he commits a major sin, that's it, he's in hellfire forever. Rather, Ahl Sunnah, we say he is a fasiq. He has committed an error, he has committed a sin. He is deficient in his iman for it. But he still has iman. We do not exit that person completely from iman. And that's what these ahadith indicate, that a person who dies upon tawheed, eventually he will enter paradise. Even if he had committed major sins, he may be punished for them, but eventually he will enter into paradise. And that is the end of the first condition, which is about having this knowledge knowledge of the affirmation and the negation aspect that we mentioned last lesson, knowledge of the names and attributes of Allah, knowledge of the prophets and messengers and what they came with, having knowledge of all of these types of things makes you understand the reality of what La ilaha illallah is, makes you understand the rububiyyah of Allah, the uluhiyyah of Allah, makes you understand the reality of the meaning that there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except Allah. So that is the first condition of La ilaha illallah, that a person has knowledge of it. He says it, he acknowledges it in his heart, and he has knowledge of what he is talking about, has knowledge of what the shahada means, has knowledge of what the shahada requires of him. That is the first aspect. And inshallah, from next week we'll start from the second condition, which is al-yaqeen, having absolute certainty in this tawheed, having absolute certainty in the la ilaha illallah, not any doubts, not any... Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But having absolute certainty which repels any of these doubts. So to be completely established upon that tawheed, that insha'Allah ta'ala will start with the second condition from next week.